This is John from Polymath Producer, and today I'm doing a music production analysis of the song Hands to Myself by Selena Gomez, produced by Max Martin and Matt Man and Robin. I'm doing another Max Martin track this week because I really wanted to get inside the head of Max Martin. How does he think about music production? How does his team think about music production? So this track in particular has a lot of cool things that you can find in it. So I'm very excited about this one. But before we get to that, if you are an ambitious amateur producer who wants to go professional, and the best way to do that is through reverse engineering track. And in the Polymath Producer system, I show you how to think like a master by reading songs like a book. So reverse engineering tracks yourself so that when you go to the DAW, you can get any idea you have onto the DAW with ease. Okay, that's really the transformation that takes place. So if that interests you, I highly recommend that ambitious producers go to polymathproducer.com and watch the video called Read Songs Like a Book for more information. So hands to myself. First thing I wanted to start with, there's a lot of funny sounds in this, a lot of cool things, and this is just one of them. So in a lot of the other tracks that we've looked at, um, Ian Kirkpatrick, the other Max Martin track we looked at this week, what you notice is that in the choruses or the drops of their tracks, a lot of the time they have a very unique sounding rhythmic element that's also a little bit harmonic. It plays in the, in the background in a very subtle way and you don't even know it's there until it's isolated. In the in Kirkpatrick track, it was like an 8-bit sample thing that like sort of plays a weird thing um, that was bit crushed. And then and then in the, in the other Max Martin one we looked at, it was the guitar that was doing like this rhythmic scratch, mute scratch. Well, in this one, similar thing happens. That is like an ARP that's it's kind of muted and it's playing this weird rhythm. But that is actually happening underneath the entire track when the chorus is playing. To myself. So I wanted to start with that because that's it's just like a very cool, subtle thing. Near the end though, they obviously released the high end and it so in the second chorus, the high end's a little bit more there. Which is an energy building trick. So as, as energy starts to build through the track from, from section to section, revealing more of the high end can help build energy, which they've done with this very subtle element. So I wanted to start with that just because it's something that we've seen in a lot of other modern tracks that people have done, creating some sort of weird rhythmic element that's very subtle in the background that creates rhythmic groove and helps accentuate that, but that you wouldn't even know is there unless it's isolated. Now we're starting to see a lot of patterns in these modern tracks. So in the claps, very similar to all a lot of the modern tracks that we've looked at. They have that clear differentiation between wet effects percussion and dry effects percussion, and there's different purposes for each. I believe this is the pre-chorus. They've got a big reverby. There's a big reverb tail because it's like a very atmospheric section. emphasizing the beat four. So on the two, they've actually got a dry sounding snare thing. And then that emphasizes the four with the different effects. So these kind of patterns are forming between a lot of the tracks that we're analyzing, especially in modern time. Now in the chorus, same principle applies. As you can notice, there's dry claps out the front that are kind of playing. And then there's more of like a one in the middle that kind of emphasizes the, the beat. Uh, 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 
and there's different claps as well. So they're actually using variation on clap and uh, like sounds. And it really just sounds like there's there's a couple of claps happening from like the left and right speakers, and then there's one in the middle that sort of emphasizes the beat. So these are the kind of things that you can do when you know these principles. And as, as you notice, they've used the energy development principle that we've been seeing over and over again. Um, in this section here, this is like the breakdown section. They've added another clap in the background, a count like a more to emphasize the beat. And it's reverbed more, so it's more in the background. So they've got the dry at the front doing like the rhythmic ones, and they've got this other one in the back that's more reverbed, and they're layering different claps but using effects to kind of separate them, which is very cool. Because when you put effects on something, it draws it back in the mix, uh, whereas something that's dry feels like it's more out in the front. Now in the finale, even more claps this time. And there's a, quite a parallel between this and Bang Bang, which we looked at this week as well from Max Martin, where there's that big washy clap for the finale, which is exactly what they did, did in Bang Bang. bang. So they've got a very washy clap on every beat. It's kind of just creating this atmospheric vibe and this washy effect. Really creates chaos using effects. So they're just letting the effects run wild. In this extra percussion, it's very funny. They've got a can open sound. <laughs> I don't know whether they recorded that themselves whether they just got the sample from a sample pack, but it's literally a can open, which I don't know what the relevance of that is in, in the, like lyrically, or that they just thought it was funny, but it's, it plays throughout. So it happens on the, on the turnarounds. I want you all right to now. Myself. So it emphasizes the uh, beat. So come on, give me happens just before beat one, I believe. And then it happens in the chorus as well. These extra, so it kind of sounds, it feels like um, like knee taps or something. It sounds like knee taps and they're doubling the claps. Just the frequency is a little bit lower than the claps. So pretty much just doubling that. So really that's all that is, is just the can open and the knee tap things or the thigh taps flows with the claps. And that remains the same for basically the whole track. Again, parallels between Bang Bang and this track, they've used a vocal sample glitch thing that's taken from Selena and they've used it as a as part of the beat. So as the beat's playing, this vocal moan hits on the beat. So if I play with, with the beat. To myself. happens in between phrases as well so it's really filling in that space you all to myself. similar to the bang bang where it goes da -da -da -da, and then and then the vocal glitch goes ah uh, like that same thing so they're just using vocal sounds to make the beat sound more unique using the vocal sounds as part of the actual beat itself now when it gets to this section though that is like a reverse moan slash moan combined as one. And they actually use that in the chorus drop bit um, as part of the beat as well. So that comes in here. Give me a test. Almost as if it's like a, a transition effect. Oh. Happens again there. But in the actual chorus and drop, 
they've used it as a like a reverse a rhythm thing that like accentuates the rhythm so it, it flows into it and we've talked about this before in other tracks where they use reverse versions of certain instruments to flow into the beat so right there it's flowing into the kick right there on the one boom like that so it's actually almost like a yeah it's like a mini mini transition effect but if you listen to it with this it actually fuses with that as well so the vocal glitch thing that happens in the drop that's like one of the that's like the instrumental hook that plays and that is flowing as part of that beat flows into it so the key principle here you want to take away from this moan instrument which is basically just selena doing those like moans and groans and some of them are reversed and some of them are reversed combined with the normal one what you really want to take away from it is how can you use the vocal as part of the beat by using groans moans different sounds it doesn't have to be moans or groans but it can be different sounds that the vocal can do and then use them as actually part of the beat similar to the haze like hey 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 um that they used in bang bang they're using the vocal and because the vocal is such a unique instrument because the singer will sound only like the singer and no one else so when you use vocal glitches, vocal sounds, it can make the beat sound more and more unique. So that's really the key principle you wanna take away from this. Now the snare in this is actually quite simple, plain, dry sounding. I don't know, for the most part, the, like the claps and, and the snare are actually quite dry throughout the track. So what I notice is that the snare is actually quite dry. The claps are mostly dry for the whole thing, except for the end when the washy thing comes in um, and, the, and the bridge section where there's more like wet claps there. But for the most part, the percussion is quite dry in this track in terms of effects. And that contrasts with the wet sounding kick sections that are happening over here, because the kick is actually quite wet. got like a big wet sounding like stomp thing on the one on the beat one so i suppose that's contra contrasting with that but that snare stays the same for the entire track it's just that kind of just sounds like one one sample so this part i really love they got a pizzicato string section that plays the lead instrumental hook They've got a bass string that's outlining the root note on the first hit when the chords change, but then the higher strings are, are doing the plucks. And that actually doubles with the vocal glitch thing that plays the same thing. So they probably... I don't know what they what their thought process was, but which came first? Let's say they had the vocal glitch first. This is the first thing they had. And then when they had that planted down, they were probably like, oh, I think it needs to be laid by something. Then they were like, let's layer it with these strings. This sounds pretty cool. Or maybe it was vice versa. And the strings basically remain the same for every drop that happens. So every drop that happens, the strings come in and double that uh, vocal hook. And that is really the primary instrumental hook of the track. So I say the primary hook is really the can't keep my hands to myself vocal melody. And then this would be the secondary hook that really accompanies that. The guitar that plays in this. Now this guitar plays underneath 
and it's quite an it's like an arpeggiated and it's and it's tremoloed as well it's going left and right into the left and right speaker and it sounds like it's side chained to the primary kick as well now that remains the same for pretty much the the whole track and it carries over for the second half of the verses and then into those those pre-chorus sections and then it comes back in in the second chorus so as you can as you can notice they're actually repurposing ideas that played by themselves originally and then into other sections as the energy increases of the song which we've talked about a lot repurposing ideas that you've already made but then layering them later on together with other ideas that you've had repurposing principle at play now it gets when this bridge part happens it gets a bit more intense and there's like a side-chained synth on the top of it that's kind of doing the same melody as the guitar, but it's side-chained with it. And there might be even an extra layer in the finale. Which again, energy principle. Adding more octave layers, adding more layers in general on top of ideas that you already have can be an energy move to increase energy as the song progresses. In the kick, they've used very similar to um, a lot of the modern tracks that we've analyzed already, variation on kick intensity. So if you can hear there very carefully, they've got like a solid kick on beat one. And it's, they've got like these sidekick things that go do do do, and they're almost like toms. Like the low end's completely cut off, and it's really just the big. So it's really on the offbeat ones that they happen, and then on the on the main beats, there's that's where the big emphasis comes in. But even those extra ones aren't as big. So you got the really big one on beat one, big, small, and then medium. Big, small, medium. Variation on kick intensity. And they've really done that by just, I, I think, by just layering extra kicks on the one and then making, uh, maybe cutting off the low end for the higher end kicks and then making like a medium strength kick for the for the other ones. In the chorus, so that, that that's what plays during the verses and, and pre-chorus. And in the chorus, it's like different kick altogether I believe and it's a straight kick so they've changed the core rhythm but they've still got those smaller kicks on the off beats and the bigger one on the one so key principle here is with your kicks again like emphasis on beat one seems to be an, a common thing that occurs in these in these modern tracks emphasis on beat one by layering extra kicks on that beat one. If you have kicks on the offbeat, if you want to emphasize it and humanize it, you can actually do like lighter kicks on the offbeat and then reserve bigger kicks for beat one and mid-level kicks for the other beats. Now this, these aren't rules, but these are just things that I'm noticing in all these modern tracks that a lot of the people do. And there's always exceptions to this. Like you got Pharrell who just had the straight, like one, um, one intensity kick in Blurred Lines. So there's always exceptions to the rules, but the, this seems to be a very common pattern that we're seeing. The kicks also have effects attached to them. Have a listen to this. 
And I thought this is really cool because usually kicks don't have reverb on them because reverb in the low end can really mess up the arrangement. But if you can control the reverb, it's actually a very effective technique in kicks. If you can notice there, that's with the kick and the kick effects present. It's like there's a slight delay there. They've got reverb, they've got delay on the kicks, but the delay comes on the higher end kicks. So they've created this really pulsating groove. And really it comes down to the principle of that variation of intensity. It's like creating this groove with the kicks that uses effects strategically to create that pulsating vibe. And then like also a bit of an atmospheric vibe with the, with the beat one hit of like the uh, large amount of effects. And that actually happens in the chorus as well. They've got that big stomp with a lot of reverb on beat one only, if you can notice there. So all of these subtle things. So I thought that was really cool. Like when I first analyzed this track, it like really blew me away that how they use the kick like this. Like I thought it was amazing. Now in the percussion, we notice there's a lot of patterns in this one that are similar to the other modern tracks that we've analyzed, especially the one from Max Martin, which is energy progression over time. So as the structure of the song progresses, energy progresses by adding extra percussive elements, high-end percussive elements or mid-level percussive elements with varying rhythms. So either emphasizing the, the, the core rhythm or creating counter rhythms to create healthy conflict. So I'll go through a few of them here. Just in this pre-chorus section, they start to introduce tambourines. and they actually double with the reverb claps we looked at earlier in the pre-chorus. So that's just to emphasize that beat with a, a top end percussion. So when it comes to layering choices, a lot of the time it's like, how could I use what I already got, but with a different octave or a different frequency range that just to emphasize what I've already got. A lot of the time that's what it really comes down to. So in the, in the chorus slash drop thing, They've got conga things. I'm pretty sure they're conga or bongos. And that's really outlining the rhythm. If you notice as well, the conga thing is now starting to play with the kick, the kicks, like the kicks with the offbeat parts flow with the conga now. Is it conga or conga? I'm not actually sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's actually flowing with the kick. Now we're starting to get energy development. So this is the second chorus slash drop. If you notice, there's extra, extra hand drums now. Extra claps. You can hear that. Now, bridge happens, we're starting to get rides, energy starting to get wider in frequency. In the finale it gets even more impactful. You've now got like a tambourine shake, sounds like. And then in the, now you've got the ride on every beat. You've got the tambo. 
you get the tambo hit, you get the tambo shake. As you can notice there, they've, they've in a very subtle way just built that energy using those percussive elements. So there is piano in this and it's laid with a synth as well. And this really comes in in the atmospheric section in the pre-chorus. Really just sustained notes, which is a common pattern that we keep finding. Whenever there's like a build section or a, or a middle section, it's with the sustained, it's, you know, it creates a whole different vibe. It's similar to the Ian Kirkpatrick one with Dua Lipa that we looked at where this same thing happens. Like after this sort of funky section with, a, with heaps of rhythm and stuff, pulling that back and actually having sustained creates that nice contrast between the sections. Now, basically all this is, is a piano laid with a synth as well. And if you notice there, there's actually a bit of a reverse version of, of both of them just before this chorus starts. And that really just emphasizes that line because she's by herself in that line. And the vocal's very dry, all out front. So it goes, it's all, it was all wet and, and all that stuff. And it goes, and then up to a, a mini peak. And then she just goes, can't keep my hands to myself, all just her. And then when this hits, back, back in again. All at once, just all comes back in. It really creates that nice contrast. Now these reverse piano things happen again here. And that was really just a transition element before the this sort of post-chorus thing happened. And it happens again there, just before this section. And it happens in just in the middle of this section as well. Really just a transition element by using a reverse version of what they have in the pre-chorus, which I think is very cool. Just repurposing that reverse version of it for emphasis on the beat. So in the energy principle, as you are building energy over time, as the structure progresses, in the finale, as I, as I always say, like if you add extra layers um, of the same thing or extra octaves of the same thing or extra octaves of different things like counter rhythms or just different layers in general. In this case, they've done a mixture of all of those. So they've got this thing here playing the finale. Which is like a vocal sample that's side-chained, a synth that's playing this motive that's also side-chained. As you can kind of hear, it's covering multiple different frequency ranges, but it's in the finale, so it's happening during this section. And it's sustained, but it's side-chained, so it's, it's kind of flowing with the rhythm with the straight kick rhythm, but it's on the offbeat, but it's um it's sustained. So it's sort of, as, as I say in a lot of other tracks, the pad, like it's almost acting as a pad and pads really act as glue for the rhythms, for the counter rhythms and the and the core rhythm. So I think that's basically what that's doing there. Plus it's adding more energetic intensity by putting extra frequency spectrums and um, and adding more depth and layers to, to what's already there. And they've only got that reserved for the final chorus. With their effects, they've used very atmospheric, almost cinematic effects in this track to really emphasize those low ends and those big impacts like that's a big stomp hit and that's on the entrance of the of the first chorus here this is huge huge hit with a sub drop as well laid as well and that's on the just before the, the second pre-chorus right there 
And then they've got this this thing here. The second bit of the paperwork. White rise. And that happens just before again she does the vocal line, the key hook of the track. My hands too much. And then it hits on the first beat again with that big stomp. That happens just before the, the bridge. And then again, right here. I mean I could, but why would I want to? Entrance hits. It's all about the entrance hits. I haven't really looked at the bass, but it's quite interesting the bass, because in the verses they've got kind of like this weird. I don't know what this is. It's almost like a like a kick that's a bass. And like I don't even know what they've done here, but it's it outlines the bass line. But it flows with the kick at the same time. So it's the core rhythm, it flows with the core rhythm. But for some reason, it sounds different. And it's like a bass. So actually, I actually have no idea what they've done with this, but it's almost like they've tuned this like kick to like this this bass thing and then they've got it flowing with the kick and it's it's just adding bass to the kick that is already playing. So when the verse is playing, to myself. It's, it's, no it's playing I'm that frequency, to. the root notes with the kick so that it's myself. covering the low end. Because when you get to the pre-chorus, it's got a sustained sort of low end bass, a lot more atmospheric, which doubles with this. pulsated a bit more and these bass effects come in as well with that so this layers with that so it's a higher end layer a bit, bit more distorted so that flows with that and then that reverses as well so they've got that reverse that's layered with the piano reverse with it They've got all of them acting as one layer, essentially, just at different octaves. So as the drop's playing, and that really comes in to emphasize the first beat. Now, again, repurposing of elements that have been played um, by themselves and then combining them into the one thing, which they've done in the bridge section here where they've combined the kick-like basses with the sustained bass in one thing. So they've combined, so they've had them playing separately and now they've gone doop like that. Lego building blocks. Check that out. Genius stuff. So that's the, that's the drop and then when it goes to the bridge, now they're combining everything. It's like they've combined the pre-chorus with the drop now, which is just genius. And even on the top as well, they've got this extra distorted bass playing at that point as well. So that's now side-chained, doing its thing. 
what I like about this is that in this kind of post-chorus bridge thing, she's saying... She's singing, I want it all or nothing else. And then in the finale, they've actually grabbed else, like the word else, and made it into like a hidden hook. Which is very, very cool. It's actually quite rhythmic as well. Again, repurposing things you've already done into the finale to sort of make it massive. Another thing that they've done is use a crowd to do the I want it all or nothing else. So they use the same repurposing principle for the post-chorus melody, but with a woe this time. So it's like, oh, oh, nothing else. But they've done it on a woe, so it's just a vowel. And then that mixed with this, Like that's pretty cool stuff. How they've actually grabbed the post chorus and then and then repurposed them into the finale and laid them as one thing, um, just for emphasis on on that finale section. Like using extra, uh, basically using what you've already done, but then combining them into one thing. Like two Lego blo blocks played separately, putting the Lego blocks on top of each other. That's basically what they've done, and created variations on them as well. Now the last thing I want to speak about with this track is the lead vocal is actually very dry. Like, have a listen to it. I want you all to myself. Like, it's so dry. It's like she's literally singing into the mic up close, whispering. So come on, give me a taste of what it's like to be next to you. And then that contrasts with the pre-chorus, which is quite full voice sung. Very wet contrast. And then when we get to this section, to huge contrast when she sings the punchline because that's dry just before the drop happens. Here, Can't keep my even the post-chorus is wet. Now it's starting to get more wet completely. So in the bridge as well, they've actually got panned vocals as well, left and right. Doubles. Can't keep my hands to myself. Give me Harmony stacks as well, which is cool. Let's have a listen to it with the whole thing. Same beat, but as, as they put the guitar in, there's that subtle energy build. Emphasis on the ones. 
contrast within the bar energy. Straight core rhythm compared to the more like the more syncopated core rhythm in the verses. Emphasizing key moments with extra background vocals. Now they've got the full stack. All the ideas they've done earlier are now stacked. Combine the post chorus with the regular chorus. Continuing to emphasize the key primary hook of the song. That was the Hands to Myself analysis. Uh, I think there's a lot to learn in this track. Um, so many cool things that they've done with it. And I uh, really hope you enjoyed this one. And if you want to learn how to read songs like a book yourself, go to polymathproducer.com. And I'll see you next time. So if this interests you and you want to learn more how to read songs like a book yourself, I highly recommend going to polymathbridges.com. But until then, I'll see you next time.